Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Have you heard? The bird is the word. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. There was only one night game a year. On the 4th of July, the whole sky would brighten up with fireworks giving us just enough light for a game. We played our best then, because I guess we all felt like the big leaguers under the lights of some great stadium. Benny felt like that all the time. We all knew he was going to go on to bigger and better games, because every time we stopped to watch the sky on those nights, like regular kids, he was there to call us back. You see, for us, baseball was a game. But for Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez, Baseball was life. Today on the show, we discussed, are the Orioles a good team having a bad year, or a bad team just being their terrible selves? Also, this week, the Orioles traded two of their international bonus signing spots. Uh, was this a good move, a bad move, and what do we make of this? All that and more on this July 4th edition of Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I'm your endearing stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Which means I'm playing uh, country music all day long, Toby Keith, uh, on a loop. Because Toby Keith is America. I'll stick with the Ray Charles. God bless America. Okay, fine. Or America the Beautiful. 
Okay. That's what he said. Right. Sang right. Right. Is beautiful. Right. I'll stick with Toby Keith. We'll put a, uh, our, foo- our foot in your butt. It's the American way. Something like that. Put my name at the top of your list, Uncle Sam. I don't know the song. Is, but that's what I'm going with. Toby Keith all day long. Is The Sandlot the best 4th of July movie ever? Best 4th best of July? No. What's better? Um, Independence Day. All right. Independence Day is up there. That's a good <laughs> one. But uh, so I... Uh, as a baseball podcast and a kids movie, Sandlot is something we watch yearly with our kids. Yeah, watched it last night. Yeah, I look forward to Silas being old enough to appreciate Sandlot. Yeah, I don't know if my girls appreciate it, but they sit through it. All right, fair enough. Uh, you you watched them all, right? Sandlot one, two, three, four, and five. The whole. Uh... I think there's only three. Okay, just a trilogy. Yeah, I, and I think I've watched them all. There's one where like there's a it's got nothing to do with baseball, and they want to build a rocket ship. Uh, I guess that's like Sandlot for the nerds. Right, right. And then I don't remember what the other is one was. Is there one that becomes like the NASA scientist that makes it? And they're all oh, there you know like what? The, at the space launch. And the, the third one the third one is one of the characters from Sandlot. It's their kids. Ah, that's a cool that's a cool angle. So, uh, But all done poorly. It's a, it's a shame to have anything attached to the name when the original is so good and... Uh, holds up so many years later. Next year is the 25th anniversary of The Sandlot. Yeah. That's that's weird that they make all those sequels. And I know that's not a new thing, making sequels, but it seems like most of the classics, people tend to stay away from. Like, no one's making A League of Their Own or Field of Dreams 2, right? They usually stay away from the really good ones. Yeah, I think it's because it's a kid's movie. Yeah. Because kid's movies, like, they make a billion sequels. You know how many ep- versions of Land Before Time there are? Because all you gotta do is put the character, the name on it, and parents buy it, and the kids. And with Netflix, they have all the craps on there. That's true. Um, but how do you explain the twenty Spider Mans then? Well, that that's a different solution. That is, Spider Man is an awesome character that no one has gotten right on the big screen yet. Yeah. And they keep trying to do it right. The Orioles did a little sneak attack yesterday with a day game. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, the the two ten, which I guess must be one ten in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I I, I realized me, it about one thirty. I realized that day games. Like, oh, that's I didn't know. It took me to the third inning to realize the Brewers were a National League team. That that's what surprises me every year. Is the Brewers? Yeah, that happened a while like ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it happened program. a while ago, and yeah. I still I still I'm like it still strikes me of wait what? Yeah, I like it when they talk about all the young players and their top prospect Josh Hader. Mm-hmm. He used to be an Oriole. I like when that happens. I like when all these these Oriole pitchers go to the National League and they pitch okay. So then every Oriole fan assumes that means they would have been a superstar in Baltimore. Yeah, I, I like that bit too. Yeah, uh, except when we pitch in the National League with our guys, we still suck. There's, oh. a, there's an article going around on uh, Facebook. I read it last night, and it's all talking about Manny Machado because you know now the storyline is everyone's going to be jumping on is should the Orioles trade Manny? Yeah. And this was talking about how the Orioles, over the years, have not been able to keep their star players, like Mike, because of finances, like Mike Mussina and Jake Arrieta. And I wanted to just burn down all of Facebook and the internet when they tried to s- compare Mike Mussina and Jake Arrieta and say that Jake Arrieta left the Orioles because we couldn't afford to keep him. It makes no sense. People are stupid. Yeah. And even, like, the Orioles can't keep anybody because they lost Mike Mussina. I mean... Wh- when was Mike Messina traded? We're, we're going back, right? Going back exactly. Nineties, right? To, You're talking to make that reference. I so think, you can't sign anybody. I think that's like a ninety-six, ninety-seven, right? Yeah, maybe I even I earlier. Like, I was Is it ninety-four? I was thinking uh, like ninety-eight, ninety-nine. But we'll have to look it up. I thought it was. I want to say ninety-nine or something. But we'll have to look it up. Yeah, you, you, you can do that. But I'm that, on that. That brings me to, and I, I put. All right, he played for the Orioles until the year 2000. Okay, so trade at 2000. All right. So you're still using like a 17 year old. Yeah, reference to say, say this is why the Orioles can't afford Manny Machado. Or, yeah, 17 years ago, you lost Mike Messina out in free agency, so you can't sign your own guys. Even though, in the meantime, we've signed Chris Davis, we've re signed Adam Jones. Right. Uh, so we have made deals. To we keep signed Dubato Jimenez, today's starter. Darren O'Day, yeah, but I mean guys, yeah, yeah. Who keeping guys and, yep. and re-signed. So that's even if you think the Chris Davis signing is bad, it still showed that we were willing to spend money to keep her on. That's why at the time I said the Chris Davis signing was good for Manny Machado because it showed that we're willing to spend big big bucks right, to keep right. guys. Yep. No, it's just, you know, when we started doing this podcast, we said it's great because anyone can do a t- podcast, anyone can blog. 
And now even more than ever, more people can blog and do podcasts. But there's many people that shouldn't. Right, right. And if you're comparing Jake Arrieta to he left the Orioles because of money, then you don't understand baseball and stop writing. Yeah, yeah, that's not... You have no clue who Jake Arrieta was, is, or is this year. Yeah. Um, right, and that happens all the time in baseball. I mean, Jose Bautista was a Rule 5 guy at one point because no one wanted right, him. Right, right. Rule 1 to let him go. You see that happen all the time. Yep. Organizations let guys go, and they it clicks at different points in their in their careers. Right. Um, but fine. I didn't see that article, but... The, the, it's frustrating for the Orioles because I really want to keep holding out hope for the Orioles. And, like, they'll play, like, a game or two where I'm like, all right, this is good. This team's turning around. Like the Baldwin Jimenez start. And like then the Baldwin Jimenez start. Like Even Kevin Gossman start. And Gossman, start. Tillman. All, all, all three um, of them have pitched well recently. We went... We went Last Friday, we went to the game. The Orioles lost, but they lost like stupidly at the end yeah. with the blown save. Brad Bach, looked, he had dominating stuff, too. Yeah. Just one, then a balk, a wild pitch, a and a little pitch. hit. Yeah, yeah. But that, so that game didn't cause me to give up hope. But then it's amazing when a guy like Wade Miley goes out there and gives up seven runs in two innings. To a bad baseball team. And, and then, and then I, you look at that and say, actually, you know what? The bullpen did pretty good yesterday. Yeah, they y- held them together. Jacobonis was excellent. Yeah, he shut it down. So there's hope, but the starters are unbelievable. What they're what they're doing sometimes. Yeah, the Wade Miley start was, and I watched the entire game. Huge well, disappointment. I watched the first five innings, and it was entirely embarrassing because you could, you know, and sometimes you play that MLB uh, the show, the, the the show, and you can do the speed count. Where it already starts with a count, yeah, like one and starts, one or two and one. You could just do that. You could do the Miley three and, and one. Every count off two and zero oh or three and one because he got behind everybody two and zero, oh, three and zero, oh, three and one. Every and you know what? Major league uh, hitters hit the ball better when the count is two and zero oh, mm-hmm. or three and zero. Sure, oh. sure. Because <laughs> you got to throw a strike, right? And you got to throw a fastball, and so and you wonder why he walks a bunch of guys and then gets gets hit off of well because he's behind in every count. Yeah, and, and it's just it's frustrating when you can look at a team and be like, all right, I count on this offense turning around. The bullpen's holding things together. We're going to get Zach Britton back uh, tomorrow. Zach Britton comes back tomorrow. Yeah. Chris Davis is going to come back in like two weeks. Yeah. Uh, Darren O'Day is already back. Yeah. We're getting healthy. All right, I can get behind this team, but when one guy blows the entire game in two innings, eh, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like, it depends how you want to look, look at it. Like, Manny Machado is currently batting two fifteen. Yeah, that, that's he, amazingly bad. Yeah, he's going to have an awesome second half. I'm pretty certain he, he'll end with like two fifty batting average. He has to because he's not a two fifteen player. Yeah, um, like Jonathan Scope and Trey Mancini have been your best offensive players, though they are not the best offensive players in your team. Trumbo, I'm sorry, is better offensively than Mancini. He hasn't played like that in the first right. half. But there's no way that Mancini is a better offensive player than than Trumbo. And Chris Davis has been okay. So to get that back in, he's getting on. He gets on base. He strikes out home runs or walks. To get that back in the lineup does help and give some protection. Chris Davis missed a whole bunch of games. He's still third on the team in home runs. Right. right? He hits dung. Right. And that's why I asked this question on 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 the Twitters today. Um, are the Orioles having a bad year? or Are they a bad team? This is a simplistic question, but I think this is the most important question that Dan Duquette has to answer, right? Because this dis- determines the, the direction future, of the team. Next year, yeah. Yeah, if you think this is a bad team and not just having a bad year, that means... Blow it up. Yeah, that means Man Machado goes. That means Zach Britton goes. But if you think there's just a good team who's having a bad year, okay, we can revamp for next year. Yeah. Because it's looking more and more like this year's not going to happen. Right. So the question becomes, what do you do at the trade deadline? Um, and on Twitter, I had 54, 54% of people says it's a bad year. 46% says it's a bad team. What, did you do a poll? Yeah, I did a poll. I don't know how to do that. You'll, you'll have to show me that. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm pretty technical, so I can figure I'll, I'll teach you all this technology stuff later. Um, but that goes to show two things. First of all, my Twitter followers are more sophisticated than the average person. I bet if someone like Dan Clark put that on his Twitter, I bet 99% of people would say it's a bad team. Because yeah. th- he just follows... And is associated with um, less, negativity, less sophisticated Oriole fans, more simplistic, more negative Oriole fans. Not Dan Clark, but a lot of his followers are more simplistic and negative. Um, but and it's much more nuanced, right? And the reason I would say it's a bad year is look at the track record. This is arguably the same team minus 
um, Giovanni Gallardo and minus Matt Wieters, who aren't huge downgrades, and they're replaced with adequate players. And so this is essentially the same team last year that went to the playoffs. Um, so you could argue, you can make a legitimate argument if uh, Trumbo plays better, right? Like Trumbo is sitting at 12 home runs. Like that's not Benton 250. That's not Mark Trumbo-like numbers. Right. Um, though you could argue, right, that Mark Trumbo was due for a regression after his big year. But I think the regression this year has been more than people anticipated. Uh, so it, it's going to be really cur- 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 curious what the Orioles do at the trade deadline. And now some players who you thought, okay, if the Orioles want to just sell small, like sell all their one- and two-year deals and revamp for next year. But all those guys are starting to play really poorly. Um, Kim is playing poorly. Wade Miley, who could have been a trade can- can- candidate, now nobody's going to want to touch trade My- uh, Wade Miley. I don't know. There's lots of bad pitchers who do get traded at the trade deadline. You're not going to get m- anything for them, but the- you can trade bad pitchers. Yeah, I don't know. And we were talking about, I think he has like a $12 million option next year, which I assume they would pick up at the beginning of the year. But now I doubt they'll pick it up. Um, another guy, Seth Smith, is his average is down to 250 uh, Hyunsu Kim, we talked about. He's struggling at 234. I mean, I don't know who's going to want these these guys. Castillo, I think, is an interesting guy who I think the Orioles should be tr- looking at trading him. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I think Ozan Censored posted an article this week how Caleb Joseph should be the starting catcher. And you, if you look at the yeah. numbers, uh, you could make an argument that Caleb Joseph should be the starting catcher. And, and especially in a situation where you could trade, that's one one area of strength where you could trade and be okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, how about I ask you this question? Who, has the, who would you guess has the best batting average for the Orioles in the past month of baseball? Uh, I would say Jonathan Scope. Yeah, Jonathan Scope is, uh, is second. Number one is Caleb Joseph. Who, who the past 30, 30 days, and this is only 19 games for him, but the past 30 days has, has batted 390. First on, on base with 444. Uh, so he has played really well. I think there were some questions last year about is Caleb Joseph offensively good enough to... Well, yeah, because down. last year was zero RBIs. Right, but I think it's starting to look like last year was the anomaly, and this mm-hmm. year it's kind of back to where he should be. And so if that's the case, then Caleb Joseph is an adequate starting catcher it's not. I don't think it's a huge. There's a huge difference between him and Castillo. Right. So, right. So trade Castillo. Yeah. Move uh, him up, and do you do you bring up uh, Chancisco? I don't think you do. Or you bring up another placeholder. I think you bring up Pena again, who's been the traditional backup yeah. pitcher when someone's out. Just because, why? You want, right. So you can keep grooming Cisco. Right. The reason they brought up Machado in like July a few years ago was because. They were like in it, and he was going to help them win. Yeah. And if the Orioles were in it, and you thought Chancisco could help you win now, you would bring him up. But there's no reason to, you know, all that stuff about starting the rookie, the rookie clock, and all that stuff. Uh, there's no reason to bring up Chancisco now. So I would be surprised if he's brought up at all this year. Sounds like maybe um, see what happens the rest of this year. But could it possibly be your opening day catcher next year, um, or brought up sometime next year. But yeah, it's a. Orioles going to face with some tough decisions. And I guess the good news, if you think the Orioles should be sellers, which a lot of people think they should be sellers, um, and it's kind of getting Dan Duquette to believe that they should be sellers, that this is the best scenario that could happen, the Orioles sucking. Because every... If you're going to... Sure, if you're going to suck. Every if game you're going to sell, sure. Every game they lose, Dan Duquette becomes more and more convinced to sell. Because I'm telling you what, when we saw Baldo Jimenez pitch a gem uh, five days ago, and he pitches today as well, if he throws another gem, Dan Duquette could argue, hey, look... If he gets back on track, then if so-and-so gets back on track, and I replaced one of the bad pitchers, Miley, let's say I can replace Miley with another mediocre pitcher, like he's been known to do, your Bud Norris type, then we can compete and we can have a, a chance at the division. Uh, at least that's how Dan Duquette's going to frame it, because, of course, Dan Duquette has every reason, and Peter, Peter, Peter Angelos has every reason to win now, not to punt in the future. Right. So he's gonna, so Dan Duquette's going to look for every argument Especially- on why he should be buyers. Yeah, sure. Because there's also yeah, the, the the if Dan Duquette sells this year, then the question becomes, well, what's even the point of moving on with Dan Duquette next year? Right. Let's make the moves this off season. Right. And go forth. Right. So it's going to need to be like writing on the wall. Can't ignore it. You have to sell for him to sell. Right. So we got two games against Milwaukee. Yeah. Four games against Minnesota. Minnesota's a pretty good team. Yeah. Milwaukee's a good team. We saw that. Eh, I don't think Milwaukee's really a good team. But they got they got more wins than us. 
I think they got 45 wins. Oh, do, 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 do they? But they're, yeah, they're playing well. They're a team in the middle of rebuilding mode who's not really looking to to to, to compete this year. They're, they're, I guess they're a little bit ahead of schedule. but I think they're in first place in their division. No chance. What's their, let's pull Milwaukee up. is 45-40 and 40 in first place, two and a half games above the Chicago Cubs. No way. Why does that division stink so much? Where's uh, what's everybody else doing in that division? The Wait, the Cardinals, St. Louis, yeah, Fort, have Pittsburgh. forty. Pittsburgh has thirty seven wins, and Cincinnati has thirty five. Oh man, can you imagine if we were in the NL Central, we'd be buying, 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 right? Because that's a winnable division. At, yeah. Oh, there's no now, way. If we were in the NL Central at forty wins, we'd be in fourth place. Yeah, but we'd be what three games out of first place? Yeah. Uh. Well. Yeah, three and a half. I'm like the seven and a half we are now in the AL East. Right, right. Uh, but what's happening in the AL East, if you haven't... Uh, but isn't that... That's also... That's kind of the problem with baseball and the extra wild card slots is you got to be really bad to be a seller. Yeah. And you're, there's a good chance that Dan Duquette is neither a seller or a buyer and just sits there. Yeah, I think that's uh, absolutely likely because if you look at it, um, we're two games out of the wild card. Right. And, and you say, oh, two games out of the wild card. That's great. But if you look at teams above us, there's one, two, three. There's three teams above us, one team tied with us, one team half a game back. So it's like all of baseball is jumbled yeah, up in that. Yeah, exactly. And that means with a good road trip, anyone can jump ahead. Yeah. Yeah, the only teams that are out of it in the AL right now, you can say Oakland, you're done. <laughs> Uh, and Detroit, you're done probably. And that's really kind of it. But uh, how can you do that? How can you put them up and not put Toronto out? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to say... Well, Toronto's lost... You're right. They lost five in a row, Toronto. So they look done right now. But if they win five in a row, all of a sudden they're two and a half games back again. Right. But that's the same with Detroit. Yeah. And Oakland's just in a... Oakland's in a division with Houston, who's unbelievable. Yeah. Houston's the best team this year. Yeah. So Oakland's going to sell. I would think Toronto's going to sell, too. Um, And the White Sox already said they're selling. The White Sox said they're selling from day one. Right. All those teams have a little bit of pitching. So there's going to be some pitching on the market. So Duquette could make a statement of, hey, we need pitching. Pitching's going to put us over that hump. I can get pitching. The question is, pitching's out there. I don't know if we have anything to give for the pitching. No. No, we don't. And and again... So Toronto's selling, Chicago's selling, uh, Detroit's selling, Oakland's selling... Texas selling. Then you're looking at you're looking at a, a, some mediocre. Well, who's the fourth string pitcher for the White Sox? Maybe we can get that guy. Well, I mean, the White Sox big name was having a down year, but Jose Quintana, who's interesting because he still is under contract for a couple more years. So he's a guy that the Orioles could argue. We'll trade if he might help us win this year, but we but, still have him under contract for next year. Kind of the, the Will right, Miley type right, thing. Right, to play for next year. Yeah. Um, but he's having, unfortunately, he's having for him, he's having a down year. Right. The Orioles are not in the position they were a few years ago with Andrew Miller to put all their eggs in the basket yeah. for this year. You've got to play for rental. next year as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go with a middle rotation reliever, but someone who's under contract for the next couple years. Um, but right. it doesn't seem to be in position to do one-year rentals. And if they buy, I'd be really surprised if they end up buying. And Oral fans would be outraged, I think, if they start buying at this point. When especially you have the hot commodity in baseball right now is that closer. And right. we have two guys that could fit that right. back-end rotation in Britain right. and Brock. We ne- right. And like we've talked to before, the Orioles generally haven't traded from quality parts that are current parts. Yeah. But that's where you've got really strong strength. And you can get a good return from. And I, I would say Britain's kind of the guy. Britain's the guy. Yeah. Uh, because, and I would say Britain over Brock. Straight into the Nationals. You don't lose a ton between Britain and Brock. Can we get Strasburg for Britain? No. <laughs> I was looking at, just like Kerry, I was looking at. <laughs> who's, who's the number five starter for the Nationals? I don't know. Is it Joe Ross, maybe? Could we get him for Britain? I was looking at uh, the minor league guys for, Are you, yeah. for the Nationals just for fun. But, what a deal! Ever, and it's a perfect fit because they're desperate for for a closer. And Zach Britton, and I would trade Zach Britton because a his contract runs out first. Right, he's going to cost more money. You'll get more back for. And him. we've we've seen Brock handle it. Yeah, and Brock, there's a uh, there's a drop off, but not that much. I think you can get away with it. But would, would the Nationals, given the Peter Angelos mass and stuff, 
would I don't it know. Ever be possible for the Orioles and Nationals to talk about a trade? I don't know. It, it all depends that... because they, there's also the yeah they wouldn't want to help the Orioles, but they desperately need a closer. Is there any team in baseball who needs a closer more than the Nationals? Yeah, but there isn't. There's other closers like the White Sox you mentioned have what yeah. Dave Robinson or something. But but if there's one thing we've watched the Nationals do year after year. Is every year they go all out for it, yeah, and they make whatever moves they have. Even in the offseason, they trade a bunch of guys from Adam Eaton who unfortunately right. got hurt. But right. even in the offseason, no, they are always going full force trying to win, and they should because Bryce Harper is, right has the is it going to be a Yankee in two years? Yeah. And yeah. they got Strasburg. They got the guns. Now's the time for them to do Except it. Except they don't have a bullpen, and we saw that with Detroit against when they played against the Orioles. That right, bullpen right. can destroy you yeah. in the playoffs. Keep putting Matt Alberts out there. So if you're the Nationals, I would. Pay whatever for Zach yeah, Brown, I, I would, Brock. I would, yeah, close out that Masson deal. Just let the Orioles have your money in exchange for Zach Britton. Yeah, yeah, you guys win the Masson deal. Right, put, 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 the Masson, put the Masson lawsuit on the table as trade negotiations. Yes, who hangs up first? <laughs> Zach Britton for the Masson negotiations. I, I think the Nationals still hang up first. I think the Masson uh, numbers are pretty big. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah, but it'd be interesting to see, even if there's rumors of them talking um, because I don't know if they, I don't know because Peter Angelos is, is still say what you want about Dan Duquette kind of being in charge. Yeah. Peter Angelos still has a say on what gets done around this. Place. He clearly has a say, and that's what that's what also makes the Orioles such an interesting team. Is when Peter Angelos has a huge say right now, and all this stuff is lining up. And Peter Angelos is old. He's not. Let's just say he's not in a position to wait ten years to win again. Right. Which. Which. Right. And and and. What's the point then of saving his money? What's he trying? To, where is he trying to take this money? Well, he, he has should be kids. spending. It. He has kids to get the team will go to. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know how much he cares about his kids. I don't know how much his kids care about the Orioles. But it's an interesting point of where we know we know Peter Angelos was heavily involved in the Chris Davis deal. Yes. So, in two years from now, maybe that's maybe Dan Duquette and Buck Showalter are saying, "Hey, let's not let's not push Manny yet. Let's wait out the two years." Things might be in a different situation, as in Peter Angelos might not be with us anymore. <laughs> Let's have this. Th- then we could have a proper business negotiation. Yeah, I yeah I, I don't know. I mean it's, I mean you like Peter Angelos in the sense that he has been shown. I mean we we he puts more money in this team than kind of where it sits in our market wise, where it warrants that we're at. Like we're one of the low marked small market teams, yet we P, P, Peter Angelos has put money into it. Like we're a mid to large market team, so I don't hate Peter Angelos like a lot of other people hey, do. Hey, guess whose birthday it is today? America's. It's America's. Yeah, and it's also someone's birthday that makes America great. I have no idea who. It's Peter Angelos' birthday, <laughs> July fourth, nineteen thirty. Is Peter Angelos' birthday? Oh, he happy is eighty-seven birthday. years old. Happy birthday, happy Peter birthday, Angelos! Peter Angelos, congrats on making it eighty-seven. Never knew that. It's impressive. That's funny. 87, it's his birthday. Yeah. Look at that. Man, baseball was a little different in 1930. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of rebuilding, did you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I was looking at some show notes for today's show. Um, do you remember this kid's name, Anthony Santander? Yeah, yeah. He's the he's the rule five guy we grabbed. Yeah. We, we hit him on the DL for a while. He's still there. And then we put him back on the DL for a like, long-term DL. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, from the Red Sox, right? No, the other guy, Tavares, is from right. the Red Sox. Gotcha. I forget where this guy's from. Um, Indians is where he's from. That's All where right. he's from. All right, DL guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's just funny. So there's certain ways to rebuild a team, and the Orioles take a lot of advantage of the Rule 5 as one way to rebuild their sure. team. Sure, you get guys. cool guys like Darren O'Day, Ryan Flaherty. Yeah. Um, Jason Garcia. Jason Garcia. Oh, he's still in the organization. TJ McFarlane. TJ McFarlane. Oh, is he still in the organization? He's gone, right? Yeah, I think he's gone. He's, I think DJ's gone. DJ's yeah, he's gone. Um, the okay, so that's one way. And by the way, he is like he's he started a, a throwing program now, but there's no timetable for Santana's return. I looked this up because curious, like how many games you have to play before you have to send him back to the Indians? Because like he has right. to be on the major league team. Right. You can't just have a DL the entire year. Yeah. Uh, so the deal is, according to um, a little website called Wikipedia, according to Wikipedia. Um, he must be active in the majors for 90 days. And is there 90 days left? It does not have to be in the same year. 
So he okay. could play. So with the DL, yeah. we're, we're kind of extending it into the next season. So when the Orioles are out of it in August, they could call him up for 60 days in August And then get and the next 30 next year. And then get the next 30 in April. All right, so. good good, good move, Orioles. That's the type of that's the type, type yeah. of uh, manipulating and skirting the rules that I expect from you, Peter, uh, Dan Duquette. Yeah, and so he might be on the DL for the next five years. I don't know. I don't know if there's a, a year limit. <laughs> there's probably a limit. You probably can't. <laughs> no, just 90 days. Uh, uh, I, I don't know outside of that. So there's okay. other ways. Um, another big way to make your um, minor league system better and to prove young talent on your team is through the international signings. Oh, I love the international signings. Yeah. This is where you put out big money for a foreign guy who may or may not make it. Right. Um, famously, a couple years ago, the Red Sox, for example, signed Mancada. Um, international signing who they spent a ton of money traded who traded for Chris Sale one of the best pitchers in baseball and so this is a way for teams to almost pay for draft picks because you look at the international signings they're all 16 (laughs) so you buy these 16 year olds um, and then you know in a few years they become prospects and then you uh, can trade them or do whatever and you don't do this through the draft you do this through international signings the Orioles um, announced July 2nd, um, they announced that they traded uh, their international signing slots because you get international signing slots and you trade them and you can trade them. Um, and they traded them for uh, Matt Weatherspoon from the Yankees and Jason Wheeler. Uh, and this is uh, from, the, from, the, from the Dodgers, I, I believe. Well, and be- before that, they traded two other international slots. Yeah. For Alex Katz from the White Sox, yeah, a pitcher, yeah, and this so is, that's four slots, yeah, and this is normal. Going back to last year before, this is how we got Chris Lee. This is how we got other players. This is normal O's behavior, and like in going back to April, Ken Ro- Ro- Rosenthal, a a reporter for, I don't know what what's your is he ESPN now? No, uh, he's like Fox. Fox. He's Fox Sports. All right, he he wrote an article about FS1? how how. Um, the Orioles, this is a reason the Orioles have the 27th ranked uh, farm, farm system. system. It's because they don't take advantage of all this talent inter- internationally. Um, so he is very critical. The other side argues, hey, if you're not going to sign these guys, if you're not going to spend money internationally, you might as well sign. Yeah. I mean, I mean trade the slots, Don't just right? let the slots sit there. Yeah. Also, um, Ben Badler of Baseball America was real critical. Um, he wrote an article recently. Um, saying in the big picture, this is what he wrote in his article in Baseball America. In the big picture, it takes relatively little investment to be competitive in Latin America and just spend what's available in your international bonus pool. Instead, the Orioles have lost out on prospects and left themselves with a thin farm system. Beyond fru- 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 frugality, uh, punting on Latin American signings is just poor strategy at the top of the organization. So they've been seen, uh, being criticized a lot for this. And if you look at 2017, international players that have been signed so far let's just take it in the al east all right let's just focus on the al east the boston red sox and these are all like 16 year old kids from south america from venezuela dominican republic from colombia from um cuba occasionally a guy from the bahamas which is pretty cool um boston red sox have signed already this year the number two international prospect the number seven international prospect and the number 35 international prospect and about uh six other guys besides that the so, so that's the Boston Red Sox. Uh, let's go to the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays uh, this year have signed has signed the number one overall international prospect Wander or Wander Franco or Franco, who they paid four million dollars for. So they paid a good amount of money, four million dollars, um, but they got the number one prospect, sixteen-year-old kid, who's a, uh, a shortstop. Uh, move, move, moving on to the New York Yankees. The Yankees have signed overall internationally the number four overall prospect, the number 20 overall prospect, and the number 28th overall prospect. And then lastly, Toronto Blue Jays have signed the number 14 overall prospect, the number 23 overall prospect, the number 32 overall prospect, number 36, number 38 overall prospect, and about 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 12 other guys. So the Toronto Blue Jays have signed about 20 international prospects, a bunch of 16-year-old kids, who are highly touted, most of them from Venezuela, um, who are going to be, you know, future 
future prospects. Um, that's all this year so far. The Orioles. So that's the other teams. The Orioles so far this year have signed not a single player internationally. They're the only team in baseball. Get this. The Orioles are the only team in baseball to not sign an international guy so far this year. The only only team. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about it, the Orioles, they've, they've dabbed a little, their toes in the waters, and they just haven't had good luck. So I think that, that scares them away. I mean, I get it, right? Cause, I mean, because they're paying, the uh, Rays are paying $4 million for a 16-year-old shortstop. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, who they you, you just don't the, know about sixteen year olds, right. right? The Orioles did that. Remember the Orioles in twenty twelve? They signed the seventeen year old softball player from Australia. Was that Alex Wells? Yeah, Alex, Alex Wells, I believe is his who, name. Yeah, and Alex Wells. Uh, by the way, if you look at our top prospects, where is Alex Wells? Has he worked his way up? Yeah, Alex Wells is number fifteen. All right. Well, he's now like twenty two years old. Yeah, another guy we signed internationally. That takes a lot. Is in our top thirty. How about Itchy Shoe? Remember Ichishu XU yeah. something? Yeah, I don't know if, if, if Ichishu. We signed him in like 2015. Team. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if he's still in the. I I don't. I don't think he is. Yeah, but I mean the reason is, if you like, if you get one of the top prospects, it's a gamble. It costs, but but you got to be willing to spend the money. Like the Orioles, when they go international signing, they look for the cheap guys. Right. They don't compete to get the Mancadas. They don't compete to get. The guys that cost millions of dollars. Right. They're trying to find the, the, the diamond in the rough. Yeah. We always look at the Tampa Bay Rays as having a great farm system. Like, right. How do we do with How the, do they develop the all their Rays? pitching? Yep. Well, they just signed the number one international prospect for $4 million. They're a small market team, yet somehow they can find a way to spend $4 million on international prospects. Right. Right. Um, how much is it the Orioles trying to win now? And trying to fit, and these these international moves are long term moves. Yeah, you're signing 16. You're looking at seven years down the road, right? Right. right. And and the Orioles don't really look down the road that far. They they very much have looked into now and this window and not planning a second window. Okay. Is that a Dan Duquette thing? Is this because the the international draft uh, and the international rules have changed over the past few years since Andy yes. McPhail was around? There's, the rules have changed. There's penalties big time if you go over. Like, remember, Boston Red Sox signed Mankata, couldn't even sign anybody, I think, for the next two years. Remember, Andy McPhail got the Orioles kicked out of South Korea. Yeah, that was the whole for scouting a 10-year-old or something. Yeah, yeah. So, things have changed. Is is this a Dan Duquette philosophy? Is no. this an Orioles philosophy? From, from what I've read, um, because Dan Duquette, when he was with the Red Sox and the and the Expos, was big international. The rules have changed. Right, and Duquette's got the whole, like, Israel baseball league that yeah. he, like, owns or something. Yeah, so he's, he's not opposed to the international market. But from what I've read, um, Fourth of July birthday celebrating Peter Angelos hashtag Make America Great Again hashtag Buy America. You're, you're trying only. to say Peter Angelos is racist? I'm trying to say, <laughs> from what I've read, he is the guy that does not want the Orioles involved in the international signings. So he's an America least, First guy. That's according to Ken Ro- Rodenthal, who wrote the article um, and said it was Peter Angelos who did not want to go into that market. So. But I, I just, you just can't help like feel that's a huge opportunity that every other team in the AL East is taking advantage of signing these young players, right? And the Orioles are ignoring it like it's not a thing. Is it? Is it? <laughs> I, I don't want to make the analogy, but you're setting it up like it's almost like uh, 50 years ago or whatever, and and uh, the the Negro Leagues baseball having their owns and some owners wanting to pretend like those people didn't know how to play that black people didn't know how to play baseball. You know, like you're almost setting up like Peter Angelos is the holdout in baseball of, of not ignoring anyone that doesn't play in the in Major League Baseball, ignoring anyone in America. How else do you explain outside of America? How else do you explain that every other team this year, every single other team has signed players internationally from the Dominican Republic, from Venezuela, from Colombia, from Mexico? We haven't signed a single international sign this year. It doesn't. It doesn't speak well for the Orioles. Yeah. Now. On the other hand, the Orioles fans booed Hansu Kim opening day last year, yeah. so it doesn't bode well for the fans. Yeah, but that wasn't the but same that, thing. That was, no, that would have that could have been Trey Mancini, and we still would have booed him. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. And, and this is and he wasn't a sixteen-year-old prospect. Right? No, I know. He he, he was a veteran in, in uh, South Korean baseball. I'm just saying. There's it 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 does it sucks that the Orioles have not looked into this. While Major League Baseball wants to be this international force. And 
the Orioles have and no are. desire. Like, yeah, yeah like is. you can't help it. Baseball is baseball it, more than any other sport. Baseball is an international sport. The professional players come from. I mean, the, uh, so many from outside of the U.S. Yeah, that you can't ignore. You can't put your head in the sands and ignore this. But that's what it looks like the Orioles are doing. Yeah, and it you sucks. Can look at their history, and they did sign a couple guys like Comar Reyes, Alex Wells. There, there are a couple guys they've signed, and most of them have ended up on our top thirty prospect list. By the way, who's the uh, who's the pitcher we signed that couldn't wear a baseball hat? Like it was always looked tiny on his head. Remember that guy? We signed a pitcher shortly after Hunsu Kim, and or right before Hunsu Kim. And was and he another? Uh, we had to let him go. We he didn't like. Does he a, a Japanese player? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. Didn't like the Orioles organization or something, so we let him go back. Yeah, he didn't adapt well. I wonder if it's things like that where, like, the international transition doesn't work out that that has Peter Angelos concerned. Um, and well, it, I mean, and I, I mean, from the baseball side, it might be a tough sell to spend $2 million for a 16-year-old kid. Like, that might be a tough sell. Um, could you imagine being 16 years old and being given $2 million? From a country like Venezuela, yeah. All right, exactly, where $2 million goes way further. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's life-changing. All right. So we've been talking a lot about Peter Angelos. Yeah. Do you think it is a good thing or a bad thing to have an owner that is so involved, like Peter Angelos? History shows. <laughs> if you look at other franchises, too, like your Dan Snyder's just crossed. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones. Yeah, that, that all bodes bad. Right. You want an owner that loves to spend money, that's willing to give money, that's willing to spend over the a lot of amount, that will take the luxury tax and say, fine, I'll pay the luxury tax. But does not get involved in day to day decisions. Right. That like, like I think Peter Angelos hurt the team last year by saying, by getting involved and wanting to spend all this money and saying, all right, I'll put up all this extra money for Chris Davis. But he hurt the team by saying, this money is only for Chris Davis. Right. Where instead, if he would have just said, all right, I'm raising the budget of the team because I want to win. Now you do what? You would have given do. the baseball guys, Dan Duquette and Buck Showalter, more freedom. To say, no, we're not going to give Chris Davis all that money. We're going to give him a good chunk of it, and then we're going to spend some of it on pitching. But, Josh, you, you are not an expert in in um, the Lawsuit and- operations of baseball. Um, yeah. Um, you, you, you are not qualified to be a general manager for any team, right? I'm not. No, I don't think you are. But I don't think Peter Angelos is either. He just happens to own the team. That's what I'm saying. My point is, Josh, if you were for some reason able to just own the Orioles tomorrow, yeah. don't tell me. That you would not get involved in who ever, signed and didn't sign. You ever see the movie? You, would. you ever see the movie Little Big League? I'm familiar. I believe that is, isn't that the one where the grandfather dies and leaves the team it's to it. his 16 year old grandson. Yeah, I think that's the one. And I believe the the team sucks, and the grandson immediately makes himself the manager. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, that's what you would do. Buck, you're gone. Right, Buck, I'm I'm, awesome. I'm going out there. I'm telling these guys what to do. Yeah. There's two ways to go. You can anybody, go that route or the owner player. The yeah. owner player route's a fun route as well. Well, if I if I paid, I don't know how, how many million dollars, he probably got a good deal. In the I want to play with my toys. Yeah, if, if I paid $500 million for a franchise or something, I'm going to get involved. you got to be kidding me. I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, that's where... And, that's, and it's his money, right? Like, yeah. So he's going to have a say where that money goes. And that's But that's also what makes you appreciate an owner like Steve Bashotti, who puts all the money in but trusts the football guys. Yeah. He's involved, but he trusts. He, he's got guys in line that he trusts to make the final decisions. Yeah. And he's he's been fortunate in that... Those guys have been worthy of his trust and has yes, performed. Yes, yes, we have not. That's the other side is we have not seen the uh, the, the Ravens suck so bad and uh, um, blanking on the guy's name, the GM, Ozzy Newsom. We haven't seen the post Ozzy Newsom where it, where at some point the Ravens will have a GM that Bashadi will not trust, and we haven't seen what happens at that point. Uh, we've got many ye- more years of Peter Angelos being owner that we've been watching, and many more struggling years. Yeah. Well, this just be something to watch in the future. That uh, see, I mean, there's still time to sign these international guys, but other teams are spending millions of dollars, and we're not spending any money. And the guys we gotten back, the best guy we ever got back was Chris Lee, who hasn't made it above AAA. So you can argue, well, we want guys who make an impact now, but no one we've traded for has made an impact. We're on this team. Chris Lee will be up here this year. You think so? We're going to see him in September. Maybe. He's when been, rosters expand, he'll be up here. He's been struggling with, with in, in the minors. But, um, you know, just uh, an, an area that we're not taking advantage of. So, hopefully, uh, that will change in the in the near future. But no signs that things will be changing. Maybe we just all get Peter Angelo some uh, IHOP uh, gift cards for his birthday. 
you know, the International House of Pancakes, <laughs> send them out. Yeah. Just start, start them off nice and easy with the international talk. Yeah. I mean, they all, it seems like most of them come from Venezuela. They must have some kind of league down there where they just, you know, pump out these kids. Yeah, I'm sure um, they do. Yeah, just send me down there. I'd love. I'll sign some of these kids. I'd love to get to know some of the Orioles scouts because it sure seems like we don't have many scouts. Yeah. Like, is there anyone in Venezuela right now? <laughs> right. Do we have anyone there seeing these kids? Right. And then. Yeah, how are we? How are we drafting? How are we scouting internationally? How are we scouting nationally? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm sure. I mean, we can get a scout on here. It can't be hard. We'll, uh, maybe we'll a scout on the show. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll work on that, and by I work on that, I mean you can work on that. All right. Good, uh, I'll find the scout. scout. We'll go out back and see who's got the better arm. Um, the Orioles. Uh, an international guy that the Orioles did get right. Uh, Jonathan Scope, first All Star yeah. game. Yeah. Congratulations. And, Scope and is dope. Scope is dope. It's about time Scope is dope, right? And this is a legit, a uh, well-deserved all-star game, right? Like, he's yeah. having a great – no. and I heard a couple of detractors out there, but I'm sorry, doesn't no, hold he's, up. We've talked a lot about players improving year to year and how this was a big year for some people to step up. And Jonathan Scope is the one guy – I mean, yes, Trey Mancini, but he's still a rookie. Jonathan Scope's the guy who progressed and made the big step this year. So if you look at, um, I, I, I'm going to filter it, American League, second baseman. If you look at doubles, he's second. Home runs, he's second. It's all, all, all the top, there's three second basemen in baseball that are the best. Altuve, Cano, and Scope is right there. If you look at um, slugging percentage, Scope is first. OPS, Scope is second. So all these stats point to... Uh, He's clearly one of the best top three second basemen in all of baseball. So good for Jonathan Scope. Um, it's it's been one of the bright spots uh, to this kind of a, a down year the Orioles are, happen- are happening are having. Uh, uh, Buck Showalter has rewarded him by batting him number three, which I think is, is it's, fun to it's, see. Yeah, it's great. I love him up there because he's always kind of been near the bottom lineup, but now he's batting number three. Um, so 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 that holds well. Uh, today, Josh, we have what time is Oregon today? It's a four o'clock start. Okay, and Ubaldo Jimenez is pitching. You want to make my my favorite thing to do now with the Orioles is to make Ubaldo Jimenez predictions. Will Ubaldo Jimenez give up eight runs or no runs? Because it's going to be one out of the two. I'm giving I'm giving Ubaldo two runs, eight innings. Okay, so it's going to be good Ubaldo. Great Ubaldo because it's National League. It's National League ballpark. Reminder: Milwaukee Brewers are playing the National League. Yeah, I know I've, that most of our listeners are new to baseball. You know, just started listening when the Orioles were good, so they understand the Brewers are in the National or National League. Just yeah. letting the old timer people reminder: the Brewers are in the National League. Ubaldo pitches excellent against the National League teams. Ubaldo is going to pitch well today. I think most of our listeners were since they've been born. The Milwaukee Brewers have been. In the National League, so perhaps I think it's been a good year, but it, it's it's a struggle for me every year, just like the Houston Astros. Yeah, it's, it's a struggle. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Uh, Send them back to where they belong. But I've never seen a pitch like Obato Jimenez. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like I get why sometimes you're good and sometimes you're not as good. Like your Kevin Gossman's or like your Chris Tillman's. Like sometimes you're okay and sometimes it's you're all, bad. It's all about that. But I never seen movement. that one be, be great. Yeah, fine. Movement. Oh, but you you mean good to okay, so extreme. not not horrible. So yeah. extreme. I've never seen a pitcher so extreme. Um, he reminds me a little bit of I feel like da- da- Daniel Cabrera back in the day would have these amazing games versus the Yankees and then suck for the rest of the year. Um, but Obama managed to be so good, and I get the ball movement, and I get like some t- some today would be a watch if he gets ahead in the count. But after the game, Obama Jimenez said like I knew even in warmups. That it was going to be a good day and I had good stuff. And I believe that because I can tell you if it's good Ubato or bad Ubato after two batters. Yeah. You, you just know. And that's how I thought against, uh, with Wade Miley yesterday. After the first two batters, um, he you was n- throwing balls everywhere. Right. He clearly could not find a strike zone. That's why I want to be like, okay, clearly you're going to suck. Before we're down by seven runs, let me pull you here in the first inning. But I know that would destroy the bullpen. But, man. I agree. You can tell with these starters. You can, except for a guy with Tillman who will be excellent, and then for one inning he'll just lose it. Well, and that's Kevin Gosman too, right? Yeah, Gosman's very he similar. He might get to the fourth or fifth inning, and then all of a sudden gives a three dongs. You're like, right. oh, what just happened? Yeah, exactly. I would, <laughs> exactly. It's a, it's, I think that's more frustrating than knowing whether or not you have the good guy at the top. Yeah. 
But yeah, but something about Jimenez, first inning, like you can tell. No secrets here. So, uh, what do you think? You think the Orioles can pull out tonight? You th- I mean, yesterday was the start of this series with Milwaukee. I don't so, know. At what point? At what point do you start to root for the Orioles to lose? I don't, not I, yet. I think not until they start selling. Yeah. I mean, right now. I think we've got six games left before the All-Star game. I think there's a really good chance the Orioles win four of those and win both of these series, and then you you're start to get excited for the Orioles. The problem is when they lose that one game, they're getting blown out. And blowouts destroy your confidence in a team. Yeah. It's, it's true. When you see – it's hard to see Wade Miley pitch yesterday and say this team can compete for a wild card. It's hard to make that argument. Right. But if they go on and they win – Four out of the next six, then all of a sudden they'll be sitting probably a game out of the wild card. You're like, oh, well, maybe right, exactly. Could so make it's, the wild it's, card. it's it's a it's a very uh, there's no consistency on this team. I feel for the offense because I see when you're down seven runs in the second inning, I totally see that when you're on the bench being like, what am I? Why am I even trying? Yeah. Let me just let me just try to hit the home run. Yeah. Let me just play for myself. Where if you're down two to three runs, hey, we can pull this out. Yeah. Just need some little base hits. Let's play a little small ball. Yeah. I totally see the mental change when you're sitting on the bench when your pitcher just sucks. Yeah. And but sometimes you look at this team like I was thinking about it ye- yesterday and we had um Tejada in there. He's just starting every day. Yeah. By the way, isn't it interesting that we're still going with Tejada? That Mach- <laughs> that we haven't done made a move for shortstop yet. Are you surprised that Manny isn't at that short? Manny isn't, hasn't been at short. And last I'm shocked. year that was the go-to. All right, here's Hardy gets hurt, Machado moves to short. I've got a theory. Yeah. Watch, watch where Chris Davis rehabs, because Chris Davis is going to start his rehab in about a week. Yeah. And come back after the All Star game. The only thing that makes sense, Manny's playing a good first base. If you can put Chris Davis at third base where he's played before, then you can move Manny to short and you don't have to make a move. And then Dan Duquette goes up in front of it and be like, yeah, we didn't. We added by adding Chris Davis to third and Mancini to first. We added in-house. Yeah. He loves the in-house ad. And I think that we have guys in-house like a Chris Davis that could play third base and we move Manny over. Yeah, and, and I, I tweeted that same thing out a few days ago where it seems like long-term – this is the move that makes sense because you get Mancini, um, Trumbo, and Davis all in the lineup at the same time. Right. And that thinks that's the best way to do it. Um, and at the same time, you don't make your outfield absolutely Right. Atrocious. You can keep Seth Smith in, and you can keep Joey Rickard in, who's uh, been playing all right. I don't want Joey Rickard, but yeah, fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> Joey Rickard. I love Joey Rickard in the outfield. Much yeah. better defender than, than Kim. But I don't see the Orioles, Buck Showalter, ever doing it, ever putting Davis at third base. Uh, he likes him too much at first. And he I has, know, he's I know. He, well, yeah, he's a gold glove first baseman. Yeah, but those, yeah, but, a lot of those skills can translate to third base. I know, I know. I wonder, I think it'll be up to Chris Davis. I think, I thought last year, big time, the Orioles should have moved Chris Davis to right field. Yeah. And they never did. I think he's a better right field he's, than Trumbo. He is, he's better than Trumbo. Yeah. But they really like him at first base. I, they've got to know that they can't. We can't ride out with Tejada. Tejada's a placeholder. Yeah. So it's it's is Ryan Flaherty coming up and Ryan Flaherty your everyday shortstop? Yeah. And that's, the the bigger play seems to be putting Chris Davis on that corner. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking. Like, when, unless you can get Wilson Betamit. When you look at the at the lineup, and you and you look at guys like Tejada and Rickard both in the lineup, I just say to myself, this is a team built around offense. It's not built around pitching. It's built around offense. Right, and your you're offense, gonna sl- out slug. Yeah, and and Tejada is not part of that better offense scenario. He's just not good enough. No, and he's not I mean, part he's of an excellent. But he's, but he's not, not part of like an excellent defense. Yeah, he's a he's a downgrade. JJ Hardy, you gave exception to because JJ Hardy's an excellent shortstop. Tejada's a step down. I I I hope they put Davis over there. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah, and today Yanish is getting the start, but even then. I mean, you just can't have Giannis. automatic outs with Giannis and Tejada. Uh, oh, no. my. So, I mean, if you want to outslug, you got to kind of outslug, and Giannis isn't outslugging anybody. Right, right. And But you're right. They they didn't do it for the outfield when they could have last year. So, yeah. I wonder. 
I don't think so. I, I think Davis is their first baseman. They signed that big old contract for him to be the first baseman. I don't know how Chris Davis would react to even being considered moving the first. But I'll say, uh, I like, uh, and you have Trumbo playing. I think Trumbo's playing in right field again today just because the, the stupid NL rule about no DH. Oh, you know, we've got another, uh, we've got another shortstop down in Norfolk. You're talking about Charlotte? Yeah, how about Charlotte? Can we get some like family? Some scope, scope to scope action. I mean, with a double one, play? one scope's an Arhill star. Can we get can we get Charlotte up here? Yeah. The other guy we got down there, uh, Oriole fans love. So if we're gonna just sell the team away and give up this year, we can always bring up Robert Indino. Is he still down there? Uh, yeah, he's still Is down. He he's in, out yet? Nah, he's still down there. I believe. Uh. We could bring him up. He could be the fan choice bobblehead. That'll be a sellout. I mean, if you actually want to bring up a young player who could have some potential also down there is Drew Doche, who's a third baseman. So you could bring up Drew Doche, who is actual. He's not, I don't know, right. the top 30 prospect, but he's for the Orioles. So Charlin started the season in Bowie. Yeah. Batting 348. Yeah. They brought him up to Norfolk, where he's now batting 182. Yeah, he's not coming. Drew Doche is the only guy. Or G Vitelli, G, G he's having a great year at Norfolk. I don't know why they're giving him no love to G Vitelli. Maybe he can't play short or he can't play third. He's only a second baseman. I don't know. But he's not getting any love, and he's he's trying to know. cover off the ball. I, I'd give it. I'd give it to Charlotte. You can get. Yeah, Charlotte isn't. No, I would send Charlotte back to Delmar. Come on, you can get some. You can get some. Uh, some brother magic with with Manny and Charlotte and uh, Jonathan. I mean, you're putting out a crappy easy out anyway at shortstop. Yeah. If you're not going to do Davis, see if Charlotte can do it. I'd anything. rather have Manny's brother. Does, does Manny have a brother? Bring him up to the play first. I, I, I don't know about his brother. Yeah. Um, Caleb has a brother, right? I believe there's another Joseph in yeah, the minor league system. Well, no. I, didn't he switch to the NFL? Oh. Uh, no. no, no. Flacco's brother switched to baseball and then back to the and NFL. back to the NFL. Yeah. Is that the deal? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, you, you got anything else for the, for the, for the good of the cause? <laughs> for the good of the cause. Uh, nope. Go get your uh, Scope is Dope shirts on Section336.com. Get you ready for the All Star yeah, game. Yeah, your All Star game. You got to watch the All Star game wearing your Scope is Dope t shirt. Uh huh. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's a weird time to uh, it's a weird time to talk Orioles because we don't know which way it's going. Well, it's it's trending down. It's the, it's trending down. It is, but but <sighs> baseball's weird. Yep. And and in two weeks it could be trending up. In a week. If the Orioles go five and two in a week, this conversation would be slightly different. Right, exactly. Like I was, I'll tell you what, I was pretty positive about what I'd be talking about on the show today until that eight-one loss yesterday. One game can really, yeah, change your perspective on things. Yeah, and just a quick update uh, on my tweet: bad year, bad team. Which really, the results surprised me. Um, in sixty-three percent say bad year, thirty-seven percent say bad team. So, but my again, that's a, that's pretty positive feedback. Yeah, my my followers are more intelligent than the average person's followers. So, so that I think reflects that that this is a bad year. Trumbull has been bad. Machado has been bad. Tillman's been bad. Gossman's been bad. All these guys we didn't foresee being bad have been bad, and I think they will get better. I don't think this is a permanent. Uh, I don't think Trumbull is going to end up with twenty home runs like he's on pace to. And I don't think next year Trumbull's going to hit 20 home runs. I think he can go back up to 30. I, I think, hope so. Yeah, I think Gossman's better than what he's shown in the first half. Tillman's going to be better than what he's shown in the first half. So I think it's a lot of stuff happening. Zach Britton being hurt, Chris Davis being hurt, all adding up to this being a bad year. I'm not ready to blow the whole thing up. All right, well, let's go on this. Short term. Also, yeah. also, is the All-Star game next Tuesday? I, I think know. so. That sounds about right. So uh, we'll record next Monday, probably during the Home Run Derby. Oh, I love the Home Run Derby. <laughs> I think Aaron, is Aaron Judge in it? I hope. It I, I think Gary. I know Bryce I think, Harper turned it down. I think Aaron Judge is in it. I think there's two Yankees and two Marlins in it. Okay. Okay. So, so I, that's a little weird. Um, I just want to see Aaron Judge crush it. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to be the highlight. I hope he sucks. Is Boomer doing it this year? Or did Boomer retire? Boomer retired. Oh. So there's no more back, 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 back. I hope someone else does it. I like the Home Run Derby. I do. All right. I, 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 I do like the changes they made to the Home Run Derby. I think the Home Run Derby is fun for the fans. Yeah. Um, Especially with the juice ball this year. Yeah, the juice awesome. ball. Yeah, well, you saw that apparently the official ball this year is not juiced. Yeah. But the, apparently they do juice the ball for the home run derby. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I That's don't what know. they said. I don't know. Because they got to make it fun. Yeah. Um, let's go out on this. Orioles got six games until we record next week. 
against All-Star the Brewers break. and the uh, Brewers twins. and Twins. Yeah. How many wins are you giving them? In six games. Six games. Uh, I'll go four wins. I I was gonna I'm gonna go with I was gonna go with four. I'll give you four. Hey, go the over. Do I go over with the five or do I go even with the three? Uh, we already got we already got past the Wade Miley start. Knowing the Orioles gonna be three and we'll be having the same conversation yeah, this week. I got, I'm gonna go five. I'm gonna be positive this All week. Right. Let's go five. Alright. If there's three, let's blow the whole team up. Four will stand pat. Five, <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Right, three is all on this week. Oh, I forgot to bring the bye, bye, bye buttons. Yeah, you need to get those. We'll definitely have them for the. Bye, bye, we'll I'm, definitely have them for the I'm, trade. Yeah, deadline. I'm gonna bust out all my Jim Cramer buttons and we'll go through it. All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening. You can write us a review on iTunes, give us five stars, and tell us how awesome we are. Yeah, we'll read some of them next week. Yeah, you can go on uh, Facebook and like us. You can go on Twitter and follow us. You can go on Instagram and follow us. That's about it. Snapchat. And uh, yeah, are you on Snapchat? No. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Oh, you can follow us on uh, on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at section three three six. Maybe we'll get does anyone back in next week? Hopefully, at least to call in. Yeah, I hope so. Video in. We got that new segment that we didn't get to tonight. Yeah, I got a special segment for Burt Rohde when he comes back. Uh, you can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Rooker. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.